Hi, Broadway fans. We have Jesus and his disciples in the last week of his life, and it's told through rock. We're talking to Jesus Christ Superstar. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. I just, um, the girls, when the girls come in during this part, yes, right absolutely. after. I feel like, I don't know, because it's, it's also with Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, they have the little like, three girls and stuff. I'm like, does he always, in any religious storytelling, have to have three women backup dancers? Yeah, I mean, Jesus had style more than anything else. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's like, you know, the old days in like the 70s in the shows, they were like the June Taylor dancers, solid gold dancers. You always need to have dancers. You need to have Jesus initiated that. And this wasn't just for the rock opera. This was the actual Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> Boy, I hope that wasn't uh, blasphemy, anybody watching. The actual Jesus had back dancers. We know Christian was there. I mean, my name's Christian, so I'm going to say that I'm an authority that on this. That is very true. Yeah, Hey guys, thank you for joining us. Like I said, we're going to be talking Jesus Christ Superstar, but before that, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Brianna Phipps. You can find me at bthips14 on Twitter and Instagram, bthips1214 on Snapchat, and I am joined by, as we said, Christian over here. Where can they find you? You can find me at ChristianDMZ, and I have my own personal private, not even private, very public podcast called The Bladcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, and I'm all over After Buzz. You know, the sister network over there. You can find me. <laughs> Uh, we were trying initially to have this show closer to Easter. Yeah. Because it makes sense. But um, schedules didn't work out that way, unfortunately. No, yeah. I was actually, in my mind, it was actually on Easter, and I kind of checked. And I'm like, okay, good, because, you yeah, know, it's a busy day. There's there's rabbits to see and everything like that. Yeah. But uh, So I'm actually glad you know, we had a little time. We could have a lot more time to focus on uh, the musical. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't been on since we did the Rocky Horror Show. I know, it's and been on, like a half a year. Yeah, and on that show, we dressed up in costumes. But this one, I didn't think it was appropriate well, to in- dress up like Judas or something. I mean, as most people in this show, which we're going to talk about the costumes later, though, don't really have specific costumes. There's only a couple that have kind of specific costumes. Yeah, that's true. The rest are kind of just like modern day clothing. But as we sort of talk about some of the characters in the show itself, I'll talk about how uh, the different interpretations of King Herod are a favorite of mine. So if I did dress up, I would have come in as King King Herod. Herod. Yeah. And I also would have had a bunch of backup dancers. Well, let's talk just about our overall thoughts of this musical, because I know that you... I like saw this musical one way before I did because I only saw it like a couple years ago. Um, and you've seen the actual touring company, whereas I've only seen a college production. Right. So I have seen this three times. And that, of course, this week is not the movie. That's next week. But I had seen the movie countless times as a kid. My mom had the soundtrack to the Broadway recording, the original Broadway cast recording. And she would listen to it a lot. So it was sort of like the songs all kind of ran together with like Sunday school songs in my head because they're all about Jesus. And you kind of have to remember which place you're in as to which ones you can actually sing. You know, in Sunday school, you know, the the temple is kind of frowned upon. But I did get to see a a revival of it where it was not an official Broadway production, but it was like on, it's like on 42nd Street. So Mm -hmm. like adjacent to Broadway, the 2000 revival. And I was very excited. The uh, cast really isn't anyone that, unless you're like hardcore theater fans, which I guess if you're watching this, you might, that people don't really know. It doesn't have, you know, like the flashy recognizable names, you know, somebody taking a a hiatus from their TV show to be Jesus. It wasn't a gimmicky production like that. But I mean, it was great. And the music is so good to begin with. Uh, So I saw that. Was was this Andrew Lloyd's Webber? 
first or was it was one of his first if it was not his first it's one of his first for sure yeah um and uh, for those watching on youtube you can see i actually have my stage bill from 2000 i was about a week ago i was looking for some other things and i'm like oh my god i need this for when i'm on broadway breakdown so uh uh, there it is. It's uh, only 17 years old, but uh, you know it'll be able to buy cigarettes a, next year. It's, it's exactly 17 years old because it, you saw it. I saw on April 16th is the date on that. Oh, look at that! I didn't even so, realize. Yeah, by like two weeks off. Exactly. Wow. I didn't, yeah. Years old. Well, see again around Easter, <laughs> and that's that's why. Yeah. So I saw that, but I also was fortunate enough to see uh, two different versions of a touring company. Uh, and I think 2007, 2008, somewhere in that range, uh, both with Ted Neely from the movie. Again, next week we'll talk about him. But uh, he was Jesus in it, and he was kind of returning to the role for the first time in a while. And it was fantastic. I mean, the Broadway version was great. It was bigger, definitely some more money behind it. But to get to see Ted Neely from the movie, whom I saw many times as a kid, you know, because my mom had it on VHS – and I just, uh, it was great to get to see him. And uh, very nice man. He had been on a radio show I worked on, so I got to meet him afterwards. But when you meet him, he, he needs a lot of time after the show. He doesn't come out dressed like Jesus for when you meet him, which <laughs> I completely... He doesn't come out and bless you. Yeah, you. which, you know, I could have used some blessing, but I completely understood that we had to wait a little while for him. But uh, well, it was great. And, like, Jesus is one of the only people that is in this full-on costume and yeah. thing going on. Yeah, I mean, in the different, I mean, especially, again, to keep talking about the movie, sorry, but yeah, especially in the movie you see, but in in any of the versions that I saw, and I don't know about the college production you saw. I mean, the, the one I saw was very different because Jesus wasn't, like, I've seen, like, through the Tony Awards and through my mm-hmm. parents having seen it, that Jesus is always dressed kind of tra- as traditionally what paintings and stuff perceive Jesus as. Uh, in the one I saw, which was uh, CCSF, which is City College of San Francisco, uh, everyone was dressed in steampunk, including Jesus. That's kind of cool, though. I mean, I like that. I mean, it's a very it's a very specific choice, but I like that as a as a theme. Yeah, I know? mean, it worked with the music. Um, uh, Judas had like long dreads. It was very San Francisco. I'll say yeah, that for it. Um, but yeah, it was even Jesus. He was like more traditionally, I guess, because he had white pants and like a longer white shirt, but it wasn't the like white gown, and he didn't have long hair. Whoa, short-haired Jesus. And they never put a crown on him. Oh, that's interesting. A crown thorn on him. Yeah. But, uh, and that was just a few years ago. So you had never seen an actual production of it, Mm -hmm. but uh, you just knew the songs. Yeah, I mean, my mom um, is a big fan of this musical and has always been. This one, I've always liked these songs more so as opposed to Joseph. Like, I was never as big into Joseph. They were a little too campy for me. So I like the rock feel because... I, I, it works better with the stuff that I've listened to growing up and everything like that. Yeah, there's Being a reason that nineties child. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that Donny Osmond was in Technicolor Dreamcoat yes. and not Jesus Christ yes. Superstar. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot more. It's a lot like more pop rock. Whereas these are like actual rock songs. Like a a nineties band that I'm a big fan of. This band, the Afghan Wigs. They're uh, you know not a grunge band, but sort of that time period. Their Congregation album from 1992. They have the Temple on it. Just randomly amongst the other songs that they wrote, they have a cover of the Temple. And I mean, it's just sort of. The music is so different than, you know, even even, you know, the quintessential rock opera, I, I think, still has to be Tommy, you know, and it's just it's different than that. Even, you know, it's very it's I mean, it tells a very gruesome story when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, and I would also put in um, for one because one of the original rock operas is. Um, 
Godspell? Well, Godspell, but no, I'm not, why am I blanking on it? Aquarius and Hair. Oh, Hair, hair. which I've also seen, yeah. I've seen Hair, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a great production, too. But uh, the thing that I like about Jesus Christ Superstar and stuff, it's kind of similar to me as in what Hamilton kind of did for the storytelling of the forefathers for yeah. kids. Like, this is a great way to get younger people into hear the story of Christ and stuff through tellings of this with this music that they can relate to. Yeah, and no, absolutely. It, like I, I went to Sunday school every every week. Every as Sunday, a, every I hope. Sunday <laughs> as a kid. Um, and you know, like you, you're there, but you're not really paying attention. You're there because yeah. you have to be there. Yeah, and stuff. And like, and listening to this music, like with Pontius Pilate and stuff, I kind of connect to the dots a little easier in my head as to what the story really was, whether how much of it was fictionalized or not, via the Bible actual reading story. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, the comparison to Hamilton is a good one. It takes a story that is kind of inaccessible to a huge segment of especially younger people, and it just like presents it to them in a way that you know. Obviously, I don't know. I would say I was about to say that you know to younger kids that Jesus Christ Superstar might sound outdated, and sure, to some extent that's true. But in the same way that if the Who and the Rolling Stones don't sound outdated to you, then this musical yeah. won't either. So there's plenty of kids who it's, like it's the classic, classic rock. It's definitely classic rock, yeah. and I don't think classic rock ever goes out of style. Yeah, that's why it's classic. It's exactly. not just old rock. Yes, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, and they, they have updated it. in the If you watch like the different versions and stuff, the original version, everyone was dressed in these very weird... Like if you watch, They have the 1970... Uh, won Tony Awards where they have them and they're dressed they have these huge weird hats on with yeah. like these like they, like they tried to dress them more I guess in like Bible clothing and then if you look now it's like Judas is almost like um, one of those gospel people from TV oh like a televangelist like, uh, like yeah, yeah like I know he's what you wearing mean. like a sparkly shirt yeah. with like a purple well, jacket and pants like when we show the Tony Awards clip you'll see what he what he was dressed like in 2012 I believe was the, was the last time it was um, revived and everyone else is pretty much, besides Jesus again, is dressed in just modern kind of dresses, very like indie. Uh, I want to like relate it to like kind of Coachella y yeah, <laughs> right. outfits. Well, to your point about classic rock, though, there was uh, my. My mom also had a CD. I believe it was the 25th anniversary production from London. And in that show, uh, to refer again to one of my favorite characters, King Herod, he was portrayed by Alice Cooper, a musician that I'm a huge fan of. And if you think about that part, you know, for somebody that's a big showman, a big, you know, P.T. Barnum, you know, trying to pull a fast one on you, it's a great part for him. Also, I mean, it's one you have one song. So if, like, you only have that song in the show... You know, it's it's not. Yeah, uh, make the most of it. yeah exactly. And uh, some of the productions I saw were some very different interpretations. You know, one was like a, a guy who looked like Seth Rogen, <laughs> and he was like very casual. And one was a, just a very effeminate, over the top, you know, a homosexual gentleman. And he was just so over the top. But it was great. He was so funny. Well, and he had he had male backup dancers. And it, with King Herod, um, because that part, not the one I saw, but I, I've heard that that part is kind of like usually done kind of drag queen yeah which is probably why you want dresses yes because, <laughs> well you know we because all because it's the most fun <laughs> yes to dress as um and and like you said with that part is such a small part you have to make the most of it you have to like really edge it up there and like 
be this over-the-top presence because you only have that amount of time to connect with the audience. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, I, I, th- I think that's very much the case. You know, when I was in, when I was in high school, I was in Once Upon a Mattress and I was I the, I was the, the mute king, which will tell you how great of a singer I was. But, uh, so I didn't get to talk until the very end. So I probably, uh, hammed it up a little bit and, you know, really tried to, you know, be like, I want them to remember that I was on but this stage. The, those are the fun things about small parts. That's why they say there's no small parts, just small actors because sometimes the smallest parts like in Hamilton again the king in that is one of the most fun parts of that show I don't know the music of Hamilton. You don't know the music? Well, the reason I don't is because I'm waiting until I see it. I I, I did that with a musical once, and usually I try to not hear the songs until I actually see it, which I know... Well, not to give anything away. It's just... Well, I would understand. I know enough about the real life story that I know that the uh, king would be Jonathan Groff, yeah, who played the original um, king, he... It's just his role is, you know, one of the only very comedic parts of that show. So when you get those parts, like, you can do almost anything you want with them, because you can make it your own because it's so small. You don't have to conform to what's been done before in any sort of way um, if you don't want to. And I think that that's what are great about these small parts is that you can just take it past there because you only have that much time. And because if it, if you go too far, it's, what, five minutes of the show? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good point. I think you just want to make your mark. And especially... If you're lucky enough to get that part and you're, you know, maybe early in your career, it's a great showcase I mean, to try and get something bigger. if you're able to take a small part and have the audience leave and remember you over other yeah. people, like, that's saying Yeah, something. no, that's that's very true, yeah. I, 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 in terms of there being small actors, I feel like I was probably a relatively small actor, but uh, I, I tried to do the best with the abilities that I had. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, let's talk about the set with this. Because, yeah. okay, so tell me, I know the set I saw, which I know is not the Broadway set. But I don't think any, at least from what I've seen, that any set is that big with this show. No, it, it, and what I remember about all the all of them, you know, there was a little bit more to the Broadway one, but they're all fairly sparse. You know, it kind of just deals with you know a couple of you know light props added into the mix. You know, this wasn't like going to see like American Idiot where you know there's like ladders and you know all these things going all over the place it's it's fairly it's fairly low key i think and uh you know it's uh it it didn't detract from, you know, sometimes when the sets are too sparse and there's like you know nothing on the stage and i have to use too much of my imagination i it can take away from the story a little bit so there's the right amount sets are too vast right. then it also takes away because you're too distracted yeah cuz i'm I, well yeah when they're really complicated i'm interested in how they move them and I'm just like watching, you know, when I, the lights are down. I mean, I take for granted it was a small production, but I did see a show um, that they wanted to do these like more intense sets and stuff. Uh, but it took them, I think, two to three minutes every time they needed to change oh, the set. Yeah. So it takes you out of it when you have to wait for sets to change. That's so a long I, in time. those cases, I'd rather have like a very sparse set like this one, where we can just continue with the story, especially because there's no breaks in this story. Like the singing, there's no talking. They just go from song to song to song. Which is interesting because in general, I kind of like when there's the conversation to break up a musical. But in this one, I don't think that would have helped. It also would have made it much longer. But I feel like... Because this is pretty... It's like about an hour and a half, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. It's not that long of a musical. No, it's not that long. um, Hedwig is also about the same time frame. Now, Hedwig's one where I only saw the movie. So I actually never saw a stage production of it. But the movie came first, so... I mean, it's the same as where there's no intermission. Yeah. It's just straight through. It's about an hour and a half. And it's... In Hedwig, there's talking, obviously, because yeah. he talks to the audience. But uh, 
it's almost weird for me to go see a musical and there not to be an intermission because I'm so used to having an intermission. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what, what's going on? Well, what then you got to make sure you go to the bathroom before it starts because you're not going to get to go during, you know, and, you know, do, I mean, when am I going to get a snack? Um, it was a little, little rough. The guy, and it wasn't because of the show. I don't think it was just the guy playing Judas. Um, he was doing a very like death metal-y kind of thing. Which was cool, but it made it hard to understand. Oh, yeah. Some of, like, what was he was saying or going on, so I had to, like, go back and, like, re-listen to the songs and be like, wait, what was happening at that part? Um, so that for that reason alone, just the complete singing was, like, a little hard to take sometimes. Yeah, no, I can see that. You know, it's funny. As you were talking about Judas, I was thinking back to what we were saying about this being a way to help bring this story, the Christ story, to younger people. I do wonder how many people grew up and just assumed that Judas was black because in most productions that I know of and in the movie, he always was. Mm -hmm. But obviously when, you know, you're reading the Bible in Sunday school, it's not something that they're – they don't really talk about that he isn't. You just assume, of course, that everybody looks like Jesus in the painting, you know? And I mean everybody from The Last Supper. So you're like, well, yeah, there's I think I just was – like, I mean I saw the paintings and stuff and like – but I think in my head because – partly because of where I grew up and because I had a lot of like – friends that were Jewish and Middle Eastern and stuff, I just figured everyone was Middle Eastern. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. I know. I so mean, not black or white. Yeah, I know. I mean, think about the the trouble that Madonna got in in her video for Like a Prayer when, you know, Jesus was not white. I mean, there were some other problems with that video, but, uh, you know, they had, you know, it was a, it's, a, it's sort of a scandalous concept, but uh, it's weird because I have to imagine in the early 70s there was outrage over this, but now it's almost to the point where it's like, oh, there's so many bigger problems, you know, a rock musical about the Jesus story. At least it's the story of Jesus, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I think that once you get past the point that it is rock music about, you know, about I mean, the, the resurrection, it's... The weirder part for me about the whole play and like something that I never got growing up like hearing the stories of the Bible and stuff is like Jesus came across to me in this show as he's a little whiny a little bit yeah <laughs> and you always like you're always perceiving him um, growing up as like this like very peaceful man this man that like knows his destiny that knows what's gonna do and he's fine with it and here he's just like like over everything yeah so that was kind of a weird interpretation for me to see it was, I mean it it made sense. It was like angsty Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a good point. He is very angsty. He's uh, he's very needy, but at yeah, the same like he's, time, he's like telling his dad, "Just take me now." Yeah. Like, why are you going to make me wait? And then when everyone's coming and asking for help, he's like, "I don't can't help you. Help yourselves." Like, yeah, that's right. not how you perceive Jesus when you're reading the Bible. No, it's very true. Yeah, that's I, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but I think that you know it, it is definitely not the you know well. It, I guess it's not the passion of the Christ Jesus. I'm trying to think of it's not the last temptation of Christ Jesus. I'm trying to think of other. I like to think of it as like Jesus in his early 20s in a modern day. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's like Jesus, the college years. You know, it's like just sort of a little bit different than what we get. uh, A little bit, you know, the the way that the story is usually told. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's funny. I didn't think about it until you said it, but uh, he's. He's not as tough as you might expect him to be, but he's Jesus. He's just like, like by the right. end, he gets there. Oh, he has to, yeah. But like, yeah, during the show, it's there's parts where he's tough, and then the, but there's other parts where he's just like, screw all this. Yeah. <laughs> May I interject for a moment? Yes, please do. Hi, everybody. Mark in the booth here. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the show, um, and to me, this this representation of the character of Jesus is more of the man instead of the son of God. So how would an actual how would a man who has lived his whole life 
knowing that he has to make this big sacrifice. He can't get too close to anybody. He can't make too many friends. How would he be forced to react to all of this outrageousness, which which is what I always took from it? Yeah. That's yeah. No, I think, you know, yes, you're told that you're the son of God and you know you are, but at the, uh, as I mean, Mark I mean, said, they, he's they, still a man. They even know? show that within the music when he's at, at the end when they're like, you're the son of God. He goes, that you say I am. Yeah. Like he never during it says I am the son of God. Yeah, no, actually, that's very, yeah, that's true. That's, uh, and he's not even saying he is, and he still gets crucified for it, so, yeah. yeah. He's just, like, saying, like, that's what you say. <laughs> I'm just here. That's yeah. what you're saying. I'm yeah. just doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite song from this musical? So, theater? as I got older, because of these later interpretations and, and hearing the Alice Cooper version, I really liked uh, King Herod's song. Uh, I... My old boss, I used to work for Dennis Miller's radio show. He's a huge fan of this musical. So we would do like bumper music Wednesday and we would play all songs from this throughout the day. Uh, Gethsemane was always his and I would hear it so much. There's like a note that, you know, depending on who, which cast it is, but the version we would use was the one from the movie. You would hear Ted Neely hit this like crazy high note in that song. Um, so I, I think that the song that you just sort of get the most uplifting feeling, though, is, of course, the Superstar song. You know, I mean, it's it's hard not to have that one. But I mean, that's you, the one you think of when you think. Yeah, of the it's, it's always the one I think of first. And, you know, as I as I said, the sort of hearing that song, The Temple, out of context on the album by that band, the Afghan Wigs. It, it's like I, I always knew the song. I always heard it. But just when you hear it, you know, mixing with other songs, you're like, oh, yeah, that's. It's kind of a really cool, like, dark, you know, I mean, if you think about what they're talking about in the course of what's actually going on, sort of the seedy underbelly of Jerusalem at that point, it's it's kind of a, I don't know, that, that's a great one. But if I have to pick one, I'm going to stick with uh, with Superstar because, you know, you just, you feel like that is the song about this. But what about you, Brie? I am partial to I Don't Know How to Love Him. That one is also very good. Yeah, it's... Uh, just Just... The sweet, it's like one of the only songs in it that kind of brings it down a little bit. Yeah. And kind of goes with the sweet and mellow vibe instead of this harsh vibe. Plus, I'm a girl. So yeah, it's well, easier I, for me I to was sing those in, kind of literally in my head, I'm trying to think of like, well, how do I say it's like, well, you're a girl, so odds were pretty good you're going to be drawn to that one. But look, that's a great song for who, whomever has the, you know, the female lead in the play to actually get that opportunity is, is great to get to sing that song, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, you don't always get the best parts written for women, maybe in some of your rock operas, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm sure someone could tell me that I'm wrong if they feel like they need to tweet at me. I'm sure I'm offending some theater I mean, goers no, I out mean, there. I would say, like, that's correct from what I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of, like, the rock, rock operas I know. And for the most part, it most of the songs are, are male. Yeah. Like, and the, the ones even, you remember. Even in hair. Like, yeah. A majority of them are male songs. Or compiled with female and male yeah and i think hair is one of those ones that you kind of mostly you know maybe i guess a little bit age of aquarius but it's like the title song is really the one you think of and then for me personally even though i saw it i don't really think about much else you know so i i can't even think about what songs you know have like female vocals or even solos in it it's terrible because i think the one female song i think from that show is the like uh the air song Oh, <laughs> that's right. I forgot. About, there's a reason I forgot about that one. Maybe. <laughs> it's not a, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. 
back to this. Man, I need to find a, see now what we're talking about. It's like, I need to find a local production of this where I can bribe somebody to just let me play King Herod for five minutes a night. You know, like that's you all, can, that's all just, I need. Just, let's just rent out a theater. Let's put, let's on. do it. Like, let's put on a show. Let's put on a show. It's a great idea. We're uh, taking applications for, uh, for Jesus. Uh, if you're in the LA area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. We're not going to, we're not going to fly you out. So you have to yeah. be local. <laughs> or you can fly yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah Whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> and you can uh, mention it in the comments on the YouTube page. And Mark, since uh, since you're such a fan of the show too, so what's which song is your song? Uh, I would have to say there's there's two that I, I totally agree with. The Temple, I absolutely love the Temple uh, by Ted Neely, um, and Heaven on Their Minds. Mm. I, I I love the when I love I love a good quote villain song, but his the the story that it tells from the very top of just like hey man come on we're friends let's let's hang out let's let's lay low for a little while till like you don't understand man we're gonna die <laughs> I, I just love the arc that it takes and the intensity that it gets to i yeah, love that song that really is the game over man moment Seriously. of the of the musical oh mark <laughs> I can't believe we just related it to Game Over, man. Come on, you know that's the best <laughs> thing about it. You can, it's a very pop culture uh, interpretation. Of... I mean, yeah. I mean, this is a classic story that was taken, broken completely apart, and re reassembled. reassembled. Yeah, exactly. It's it's an old reference. Sorry, but it's the Six Million Dollar Man. I wish I could think of something more contemporary, but that's what I had. So. I stayed. It's like Wolverine. There you go. That's more <laughs> contemporary. But anyway, yeah, I think, uh, I, uh, yeah, and uh, that's that's really what it does. Yeah, it's uh, it, it reassembles this story that it's uh, it's one of those stories that's so oddly simple but insanely complicated when you think about it. It's like okay, so you have this guy. He's the son of God. All right, let's go on from there. You know. <laughs> well, and it's crazy because it is just like one a week span. Yeah, and you go through a lot through the music in this one week. So there's like so much emotions happening for everybody. I mean, you have Judas who's just convinced that Jesus is doing too much and he needs to put a stop to it because he's going to get them all killed. And you have Jesus with his angst and everything. You have Mary Magdalene with her like fears and insecurities and not knowing how to love him. Like you have so much going on and so many different people in this show. I mean, mainly those three because the other people are kind of there. I mean, yeah. No, I mean they. Yeah, you're definitely overshadowed by the you know the the key characters, and uh, you know I would say Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and Judas really. I mean they drive the majority of the story. Yeah, obviously. I mean main, mainly Jesus and Judas. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Which he, is, he, I mean, when you're dealing with the crucifixion of Jesus, Judas was the one that portrayed him. So I mean. It makes sense. To- Spoiler alert: Maybe not everybody's uh, seen this story yet. Uh, Spoiler alert: If you don't, know. if you don't know what happened, yeah, and and uh, you know, Jesus comes back three days later. But anyway, not in this show. Not in this show. I know. I was always waiting for the sequel. You know, Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Sorry, that just made me think of Hamlet too. Oh, that movie. Yeah, Hamlet the movie too. Hamlet too. We'll do that with uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Easter Sunday, you Jesus know, or Christ something. Two per star. Oh, oh man! God. Can we can we edit that out so that we can no. save that and not let anybody steal it from us? Yeah, it's a good idea. All right, <laughs> Mark's executive producer. It almost sounds like stupor star. Well, that's probably what the reviews would say if we made that show. Um, and now let's talk about towards like kind of the ending of it because you do have this monumental piece part where he is being crucified. You yes. know, where you the, we have the whipping of him, but it's all. At least in the production I saw, it was all done through, you know, 
your mind. There was no actual whip. It um, was just someone. The one that I saw with Ted Neely, and I, I know that Mark actually saw the same production, so he can correct me if I'm wrong. I remember there, you know, he what I believe he actually. I think they have the robe off, and he is getting whipped, but we don't. You know, we just see the whip, like if the whip is cracking near him. Uh, in my I, production, they took his shirt off, um, mm-hmm. and you heard it, but there oh, was okay. nothing in his hand. Yeah, and then the same with the cross. There was no. He was just this. There was nothing that he was actually like on. Yeah, and then now, now it's like I'm wondering if my memory's failing me because I remember there actually being a cross. That, I mean, there that might have been. Like I on. said, I didn't. Yeah, see her the production. Show. Uh, Mark, what do you remember from when you saw this production? I definitely remember there being a a cross for for the crucifixion part. Um, in terms of the the lashing, I think the like the guy had something in his hand, but there were no actual lashes coming out of the handle. Yeah, I think, I think I think that's right. Yeah, so that the the movements were there and the sound was there, but and the was, sound was very jarring. It sounds like in the one that Bree saw too. That is a lot more impactful though. Not seeing something happen, just like having your imagination, like you know, you see the front of him, you hear that, you and in your mind you're imagining what's happening. And can, then the dude with the with the whip can go ham and and just go <laughs> super super heavy with the force, and it looks because he doesn't have because he doesn't have to worry about actually hurting. Him, yeah. yeah. Right. That would right. be a very different production. That, and that would be a very difficult thing to do, you know, on Sunday when you have a matinee and an evening show to oh. actually get whipped twice without the oh course of it. But uh, How many shows have you done in your life? Just one. <laughs> just, I was out after the first oh, one. Oh, like how many? No, just one night. I just, I <laughs> that was all it. I could do. Uh, yeah. And, I, and you know, it, it is a, it's very somber because there is the moment when whether there's a cross in the production you see or not, he, he's up there and you're like, yeah, this is this is what it's all about. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is what ultimately happened. This is what the, we were working. Yeah. This towards. this is what he allowed to have happened to him because I mean he's the son of God you feel like he could have stopped it at some point along the way but it's just but he had to die first exactly he had to you know um, this is destiny or did he find out in Superstar oh no I gave it away again I'm sorry but anyway <laughs> uh, yeah no no it's uh, it's weird because a lot of your musicals certainly don't end on a downer no. you know and you Which can I mean you can take this as a positive. It can be inspirational and all that, but it's not like I mean, oh, can, and everybody lived happily ever no, after. No, it's not. But I mean, you can take it in a slightly positive light of the fact of like Judas. I mean, Judas does die, but then he comes to that realization of everything after the fact and sings that one song to, to Jesus. Um, like I think it's just you know you have that reality of like this was always going to happen. No matter what happened, no matter if Judas did or didn't betray him, this was the ending result, no matter what. Yeah. And it wasn't, I mean, if you, I think if you see the show, you probably know the original Bible story. So you know that it's not necessarily a bad ending for him. Like, you know, he was resurrected three days later and he gets to be reunited with his father in heaven and stuff so you can like look at it in some positivity yes no that's what i was trying to say is you can you can find the ending you know leads to something inspirational but the actual what takes place on the stage and then you know fade to black yeah that's yeah, uh, it, and and that's why you know it's like well at least when the cast comes out to take their bow you do finally get to see jesus again. You're like okay good he's all right all right good i didn't have to worry about him you know so, <laughs> he's fine he's all right yeah he made it well let's go ahead and show i'm gonna bring up the tony Award oh video. yeah i'm excited because i've actually never seen this so. um, and i'm gonna this has been revived three times. So the original in 1972 uh, was nominated for Best Performance by a Featured Actor in a Musical, Best Original Score, Best Scenic Design, Best Costume Design, and Best Lighting Design 
in 2000 and was nominated for Best Revival of a Musical in 2012, Best Revival of a Musical and Best Performance by a Featured Actor in a Musical for Josh Young. It has never won a Tony Award once. For any any category. Yeah, in in the original or in any of the revivals. It's been nominated, but it has never won a Tony Award. Man, and I bet Godspell and Joseph have. So, you know, it's uh, the one one where Jesus is the star. He doesn't win. But you know what? I found that very interesting, though, that it has never won anything. It could be one of those things that when you look at what the, you know, sometimes this happens with the Academy Awards. You're like, how did that not win? And then you look at what else was nominated, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I I didn't look up what was also nominated this year. Yeah. But I I just, um, I don't know. It just seemed like a show that it's very beloved, and I felt like it would have at least won once yeah i mean for for something for you something. know i mean but uh yeah you, i don't know maybe it's tough for revivals to maybe. win although i feel like funny thing happened on the way to the forum did okay and the producers so yeah well let's watch this yeah. video and you guys can decide for yourself if it would have deserved to win every time i look at you i don't understand why you let the things you dig get so out of hand You have heard that it has been said yeah. that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy. Bless them that Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you in person.
I do love the blue silk, uh, the blue suit with the silky uh, satin you, shirt. Do you see what I mean by like the gospel yeah. kind of? Like, yeah, no, no, that's TV preachers. Yeah, like the guy that works himself up into a sweat and starts crying about you know how much sin there is in the world. Yeah, no, no, that's a. I, I mean, I I certainly get that interpretation, and uh, I don't. It's, it's it's very interesting to have seen that. I don't even think I realized there was this uh, revival in, in 2012. 2012. Yeah, you know, I once I watch the Tony Awards every year, so that's all. I I have that's watched I it a number of years. Usually, there's one or two like performances I wanted. I don't know why I missed that one, but uh, yeah. I mean. I don't know about you, but like the little, the one thing that is a little weird because they have that bare bones, that, but then they have the girls dancing and then like the white, them dancing like almost like, but in that large form on that, in the white kind of um, the, silhouette. The, yeah, right, exactly. And it just reminds me of like the old iTunes ads. Oh, the iPods and stuff. That's so funny because what it reminds me is a much more like old Hollywood, but way before my time. But uh, Dean Martin used to have the gold diggers, the little dancers that came out with him. And it was just sort of like it's like a very like, you know, 60s, 70s, like swinger th- swinging, you know, Hollywood kind of thing. Not even old Hollywood. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yours is a much more, you know, because they're telling a much more modern thing than For the sure, 70s. Yeah. But uh, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, I, mean, it's, I think with a show like this, you because it. It, it is a modern telling of it. You're going to have to, anytime you revive it, make it a little more modern. Because what was modern in the 70s is definitely not yes, modern anymore. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's very true. So Also, uh, Christian, I'll give you five bucks to pick out King Herod from this line. Oof. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say that uh, it, it's the, the guy second from the end and like the, the, the red... Oh, no. How could you figure it out? <laughs> the red dress. It's so impossible to decide. <laughs> yeah. But, by the way, as we're looking at this uh, freeze frame, Mark, uh, the guy third from the left in the purple jacket, I would love to own that jacket. If, if it's a- I almost got married in a jacket like that. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I really wanted a purple jacket. Like, uh, I, I assume that's Pilot. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna assume I, that's I, Yeah, well. you know, he at the very least, he should have the, the flashiest jacket. He should be dressed like a pimp. I feel like that reminds you just like, it, like it's almost like he's trying to be Prince. Which, if only Prince had maybe ever... maybe just in my head, purple suits are Prince. But... Yeah, I, just to think of like, you know, I know this wasn't something we prepared, but what song from this musical would be best sung by Prince? Um, you know, most of them, but uh, I, I don't I have Prince a good answer. Prince would do a fun job with Herod. Yeah, oh my God, forget it. Like, Also, by the way, Herod would have like a seven-minute guitar solo in that sense. <laughs> but it's not like anybody would be like, oh, come on, Herod. But that would actually be, have been pretty awesome. It would be like every time they tried to move forward, all of a sudden another guitar thing <laughs> yeah, would happen. Yeah, right. It would be like, oh, it's ending. Let me start my life. Nope. Oh, nope. Nope. Still going. Um, so that's about all I have for this musical. Unless there's anything you want to add before we end. No, because uh, there's so much to say about the, the about the movie, and it's you know it's been a lot of like trying to be restrained because <laughs> I, I I was very glad to get to see you know any productions of it you know, and I was glad to see a Broadway revival. And just to get to see Ted Neely, you know, Jesus from the movie, to get to see that twice was great. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great show. And it very few Broadway shows uh, I, I feel like are are as important to me just growing up as this one. You know, like Grease is fun. I, I got to see a production of Grease with Rosie O'Donnell's Rizzo. That was a lot of fun. But there's, but there's musicals that this, are fun and there's musicals that, like, leave you with something. Yeah, right, exactly. This one, I don't know, this one was always very important, probably because it was so important to my mom. You know, she had, she'd, like, taped it off a of TV, so we, like, had it with, like, commercials in it. But uh, we I would watch a lot. I was saying that last week because we were talking Peter Pan last week, and I had, um, as a kid, the Mary Martin Peter oh, Peter Pan, Pan sure. Yeah, taped yeah. off of TV. Yeah. 
So I understand <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones who identify with. But no, I mean, look, I'm I'm very excited to also get to talk about the movie. But uh, you know, I I could talk about this musical every week. So it's good that you're only focusing on it for two weeks for two because weeks. eventually people will get tired. Well, of... like Christian said, we will be talking the movie next week. Um, we'll be relating it to the musical to see like the kind of differences and similarities it has. For good or and for worse. can can we tell people you have actually never, have seen, never the movie seen the movie? Yet. I and will I'm be very, watching it. I'm very excited for you at to some see point, it. Point probably Friday or Saturday because I like to watch it right before, yeah. so it can be really fresh in my mind. But yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I've heard it's very interesting. It's it's <laughs> very appropriate for the time period that it was, was made. made. In. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I will say. I I mean that's that's part of the reason I love doing this show is because I get to go back and like see some of these things that I've never seen before and get to experience them because I am such a musical lover, but it is hard sometimes with shows that aren't currently touring or anything like that to see them or to know them or like to think like, Oh, I should go watch that movie. I've never seen. So that it's going to be fun for me. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm very excited to hear uh, what you think about it, especially, you know, getting to see it and see this movie, this like what 45 year old movie for the first time. Yeah, so we'll be doing that next Sunday. Uh, you'll be back for that? I will be back, yes. And we'll pro- uh, hopefully we'll have a couple other people that are- weren't able to make it today because of daytime Emmys and stuff. But uh, So that'll be next week. Um, be- but we didn't get nominated for daytime yeah. Emmys, so we're here. Yeah. So we're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we end the show, though, I do have just a couple. Uh, I have a Broadway news thing. and then Oh, I'll talk about something. Sure. You'll talk yeah. about something. You go first, though. Uh, it's not show. so much Broadway, Broadway, but for the live action Lion King, we did find out this week who will be Timon and Pumbaa. Which are Billy Eichner from Billy on the Street? If you don't Love know who Billy, Billy Eichner, Eichner is, by the way, yeah, and Seth Rogen, who I was in my head before I even saw it, I was like, okay, I know exactly who's playing who. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, let me think about that. Yes, of course. Uh, that uh, but, you know, Seth Rogen's totally Timon. You know, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> of course he is. Uh, great choices, though. Both. of I them. I think yeah. they both fit. I think the only hard part, and it would have been hard no matter who they chose, is that Nathan Lane and I forget the actor who played Pumbaa in the cartoon. They're so, at least for people of my generation that watched that movie so many times and knew it by heart. I wish I could remember that actor's name. He's know, great. He's so good. And he's also done other things. But uh, did you say Ernie Sabella? Yeah. I think he he's definitely like a, he was a stage actor that I think got this mm-hmm. opportunity. And, and then, same with Nathan Lane. Right. Yeah, exactly. This was this was like Nathan Lane before he was like Nathan before Lane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, him like as much like people from pe- the theater knew him. People, yeah, like especially in New York, you knew him pretty much. You I know, mean, after from, producers, I think everyone knows yeah. who he is. But it's, I think it's just going to be hard no matter who it is to like hear other voices as those characters. But it's at least it won't be like hearing them come out of the cartoon's voice. Like, right. Yeah. If they if they did if they just redubbed the cartoon with Seth Rogen's voice or something, yeah, that would. But the, I don't know. I think I'm looking I mean, forward Pumba, to that too. Pumba being, a, I feel like. Seth, I'm just imagining Pumbaa laughing like Seth Rogen. He has a very unique just laugh, yeah. Laugh, and, yeah. And I just hope that they don't try to, you know, have him like surrounded by clouds of smoke or anything because yeah. he's Seth Rogen. I mean, that's the hard part whenever you cast someone that has such a noticeable voice. It was my problem with um, Jungle Book with oh. having a, um, Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. Yeah, it's people that have those such noticeable voices. It's hard to hear them as a character as opposed to just who they are. Yeah, I uh, I liked the movie version of the Jungle Book, but I know exactly I what you're saying. I didn't dislike it. Yeah, but I just... yeah. It, it, but uh, it, it's it, sometimes you can't separate the actor from. the I also performance. was laughing at the fact that they changed it from orangutan to I, I can't remember what the name. Gigantic. Is. Something. Yeah, I don't even. 
if, yeah, that one. <laughs> it's a good thing Mark's here. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's really compensating uh, for the fact that I'm not very smart. <laughs> Um, but I was, I was just laughing that they were like, okay, we have to make sure that's right because that's not indigenous to this area. But then you have like a New Jersey yeah, accent. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I don't know. But uh, and and the live, live action Lion King, how far off is that? Is that still a couple years? Or? Yeah, I think it, it either comes. I think it comes out 2018 or okay. 19. I can't remember 100%. Um, and I know they've, they've only announced those two, Donald Glover as Simba and James Earl Jones will reprise Mufasa. I mean, because I don't think you, you want to talk about it. That's really hard to to try and get somebody else. You know, I mean, it's if you th- we must it, have Darth Vader. I was going to say, imagine trying to get somebody else to do Darth Vader's voice. You know, I mean, when you want James Earl Jones, you want it. Look, one day there'll be a day that there is no James Earl Jones. So let's keep using him as long as it, we can. I mean, by then we'll have enough recordings of his voice that we'll just. <laughs> that's true. He should basically record Siri. You know, just record all of the <laughs> every syllable that he could possibly use and. You know what? Maybe maybe the folks at Disney are doing that for future Darth Vader movies. But again, that doesn't have much to do with Broadway, does yeah. it? And I just checked Lion King is coming out 2019. 2019. <sighs> All right. So we got a lot of time to plan. I mean, think about it. Like they say live action, but is it really live action? Because you know that everything will be CGI. Right. I mean, it's just a different form of cartoon. Yeah. The the live action Beauty and the Beast was uh, certainly there were people on, on set, but uh, yeah, it, it was not. There's zero people. In, yeah. Unless they add a role for people in this, which would be weird. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not too. Yeah. Well, they usually have to, they always add one new song, right? So that they can be eligible for, 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 for the, the yeah. Oscars. So they'll just be some random guy who comes in, you know, and he's just Let's like, just have Jonathan Taylor Thomas come in randomly. <laughs> that would be amazing. He was the voice of young. I know. Let's see him as yeah. good, good for JTT. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you're part of the news. Oh, though. so, uh, so my news is personal. So for people here in Los Angeles, uh, the general on sale for Hamilton happened happened today and for people who tried to do the pre-sale and were very frustrated because all that came up were like well those tickets aren't available but do you want these for $650 and the answer is never no. yes <laughs> uh, I was lucky enough to get some with my family and you know, my wife's extended family were all going to go uh, there's going to be six of us we're going to go in October and I know the show's great from what everybody says but this comes from the thing I said before. When you don't listen to the music, you don't actually know for yourself. And I commend you for this long being able to stay away from the music. I, I've seen one song. It's the one they did on the Grammys. And I was a little underwhelmed, but I think because it was on TV and not on stage. That's part of the reason why I like to experience it in the mm-hmm. theater for the first time. Because what's cool about it is going to be what you see there. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get myself excited for it, but I don't want to listen to the music. So I don't know how to do that. You know, I don't... I. <laughs> To uh, take a page from Jesus Christ Superstar, I don't know how to love Hamilton. And I just want to know how in, in the, God, five, mo- six months until I go and see it. So. I got something for you, Christian. Yes, please. Why don't you watch Lin-Manuel Miranda do Drunk History on Alexander Hamilton? That sounds like a great... I, I didn't even know he did a Drunk yeah, History. Yeah, he did. He did. History. It was, All right. It was like their season finale this past year. And I, I'm with you. I have to wait till December to go. And I'm and I'm not listening to music either. Yeah, see, I, I I get why people do it, especially when you don't live in you know a major city that has even a touring company. I'm the opposite. I listen to entire albums before I go and see a show. Is it so you can stand up and and shout along the words with the cast? I don't speak them out loud. I just mouth them. <laughs> That'd be funny if you filmed yourself just mouthing along the entire <laughs> you know two and a half hour musical. Hey, for certain ones it works. 
Yeah. It worked for Hedwig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess it would. But, uh, yeah, no, look, and I'm not complaining that I got the Hamilton tickets. I'm glad it, it worked. It, it was a little bit of an ordeal, you know, because of the pre-sale. And I have, I have several months to get excited about it, and I think I'm just sort of – I'm on the outside looking in because I haven't already seen it. I, I don't know the music, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, finding out. What this, what this whole Hamilton well, we'll thing's all about. We'll have to bring you back in after, after October, I see it, absolutely. Yeah. of what you thought of it from never having heard or seen any of it before yeah. besides the Grammys. Yeah, and then, I, and then I could just play up just for the sake of the show. I could act like I didn't like it, even if I did. You know, <laughs> just be like, oh, it was terrible. But um, anyway. <laughs> be the grouchy man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, that's about it for today. Like we said, we'll see you next week for the film, Jesus Christ Superstar. Christian will be back with us. Um, and until then, you guys can find me at bphips14 on Twitter and Instagram, bphips1214 on Snapchat, and on Wednesdays, you can find me on our Speechless After Show on AfterBuzz TV. And you can find me, Christian Blatt, at ChristianDMZ. I'm on The Tomorrow Show with our friend Kevin Undergaro, Mondays and Thursdays. I have Mets Rap 360 on AfterBuzz TV Sundays, just in a little while. And uh, The Trump Report Tuesdays and The Mystery Science Theater 3000 After Show on Fridays. All over the place. <laughs> That's all I got. That's everything. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 